This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Friday, the 22nd of December. Juzzy Boy 2022 was a rough year for our super yeah. funds. But as we wrap up 2023, super funds are partying to the finish line. <laughs> According to Chant West, which is a research house in this space, the expected super fund return for 2023 will be around 8.8%. Makes up for all the bad times in 2022, B-Man. Uh-huh. Now, Fluxam, it has been one hell of a year. We've got so many new listeners, so many listeners coming back for another year of bite-sized business news and we just wanted to thank you for a huge year. We've loved being by your side for the whole of 2023 and looking forward to being back better than ever on the 22nd of January next year. But in the meantime, we still have a heap of content in the Flux app coming out so make sure you check it out. Three comforting stories today, Juzzy boy. Let's do it. For our first, Zoe Foster Blake has bought back a majority stake in her skincare brand for less than a quarter of the price she sold it for two years ago. Wow. This is like a gift from heaven for Zoe Foster Blake, B-Man. So yeah. tell me more. So Zoe Foster Blake is a former writer and beauty blogger and became somewhat of a makeup influencer. She also happens to be the wife of Hamish Blake of Hamish and Andy fame. Now, Jazzy Boy, in 2014, she started a skincare brand named Go To Skincare. The idea was that she would sell really good quality skin products at affordable prices. Fair to say the brand blew up over the last nine years. So much so, B-Man, that at the time, ASX-listed cosmetics brand BWX acquired a 50.1% stake in Go To for 89 million bucks in 2021. But then BWX went bust. And then BWX's administrators needed to sell off all their assets, including GoTo Skincare. So Zoe Foster Blake has reacquired the majority stake for $21.8 million. A far cry from the 89 mil that she received two years ago. But Jazzy Boy, when you're the founder and the face of the brand, it can be hard to sell it to somebody else. So what is the key learning here? For companies, founder dependence refers to a company's heavy reliance on its founder for success. And this dependence can be a double-edged sword. On one hand, founders often bring the passion, mm-hmm. the deep knowledge, and even a public image to promote the brand. But an over-reliance on that single person can pose significant risks. Now, in GoTo's case, the brand's success is really tightly intertwined mm-hmm. with Zoe Foster Blake's personal brand yep. and also her influence on social media. In fact, 70% of GoTo's social media following is from Foster Blake's personal Insta account. So when BWX went down, mm-hmm. it seemed like she was the only real buyer. And that meant she had a lot of power at the bargaining table. For our second story, the proposed marriage between design companies Adobe and Figma has been broken off after pressure from competition regulators. Wow, this is huge news for all the designers that were pretty devastated by this acquisition. Mm. So tell me more. Okay, so Adobe is an American multinational software company. Mm -hmm. Started life in 1982. And B-Man, over the decades, Adobe's dabbled in graphics, in illustration, also in animation. But most of us know it for the one, the only Photoshop. Which was the GOAT before other tools like Canva and Figma became easier to use and more accessible. Now, while Figma only launched in 2016, it grew a huge customer base of over 4 million people who loved the brand. And just as they looked to take over the world, Adobe announced a 20 billion US dollar acquisition of Figma. But not if the regulators have anything to do with it. You see, B-Man, the regs thought the acquisition would harm customers and stifle innovation. So now the CEOs of Adobe and Figma have said they no longer see a path towards regulatory approval. And Adobe needs to cop up a lazy 1 billion US dollars as a termination fee for ending the relationship. So what's the key learning here? 2023 has not been the best year to go through a big merger or acquisition. That's true, Juzzy Boy. There have been a number of recent acquisition attempts that have not ended well. And B-Man, that's because we seem to be in a time of heightened concern around a lack of competition. Uh Uh-huh, and even more interestingly, Juzzy Boy, there's a lot of concern around big players just 
getting even bigger through acquisitions. Think about it. We had Meta, who was forced to sell Giphy in May after the UK regulators blocked their acquisition. Microsoft's $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard was blocked before finally being approved. And in Australia, we even had the ANZ and Suncorp deal fall through as well. For our third and final story, Toshiba is delisting from the Tokyo Stock Exchange after 74 years because they've received a major buyout from private equity investors. Your Sonys, your Panasonics, your Toshibas, yep. all iconic names. So tell me more, Jazzy Boy. All right, so Toshiba's been a major player in Japan's tech industry for a very long time. In fact, Toshiba was founded in 1875 wow. and has grown into a bit of an everything company. Yeah, it's got its electronics like your TVs, your aircon units, your printers. On top of that, Jazzy Boy, Toshiba also has more heavy-duty equipment like batteries and even some nuclear equipment. Wow. But B-Man, Toshiba has had a decade to forget. They had accounting malpractices mm. back in 2015. That's where Toshiba overstated profits by over $2 billion. Wow. Then it required more than $5 billion of cash from investors in 2017. But those activist investors that came on board clashed with Toshiba's management. So now, Toshiba will be taken private by a group of Japanese private equity investors for $14 billion US dollars. And this is a relationship for the Toshiba company, which wasn't quite ready for the pressure from international activist investors. So what is the key learning here? Activist investors have the capability to shake up the corporate world. And B-Man, this trend is super noticeable in Japan. Now, since 2012, Japan's corporates have put a lot of effort into attracting foreign investment. So much so that the proportion of Toshiba's shares held by foreign investors reached as high as 72%. But that meant Western investors wanted the transparency that they're used to with Western companies. Companies. And the demands just kept growing and growing and growing. Get this one, Jazzy Boy. The number of public demands made by activist investors on Japanese companies has really skyrocketed over the last few years. It went from 11 demands in 2013 to 165 by 2020. So now, Toshiba will be relieved to be back in the hands of a private investor rather than the prying eyes of foreign public investors. Mm-hmm. Flux Sam, that is a wrap on 2023 for the What The Flux podcast. We have had an absolute ball with you this year, Flux fam, but just... Just you wait, 2024 is going to be mammoth. We're already building up for it now and cannot wait for what is in store. But in the meantime, there is a lot of juicy stuff in the Flux app. If you want content, if you want help with epic money tools, if you want games, prizes, it's all in there. So make sure to download the Flux app and check it all out. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next year.